0: Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 4, Vidura approaches Maitreya, Text 27. Shri suku, Shuko Vacha, Shi Shuko vacha, vacha, Iti Saha Vidura, Iti Saha Vidura, Vishva Muratar, Iti Saha Vidura, Vishva Muratar, Kataya Sudaya, Buna Plavito-rutapah Buna-kataya-sudaya-plavito-rutapah Nnam-niva-pulane-yamas-va-sustam Shana-niva-pulane-yamas-va-sustam Shana anupagavir ni tito gat she should go back. She should go back. She should go swami. Said she should go swami. Said iti thus. Saha, Saham. along with the Vishwamurthi Of the Universal Person Of the Universal Person Unakathaya In the Discourse of Transcendental Qualities In the Discourse of Transcendental Qualities Sudaya, 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 sudaya nectarian, nectarian, nectarian Nectarian Plavita Uru Thapaha Lavita Uru Thapaha Overwhelmed by great affliction over Over moment by the Shanam, Shanam moment, Mom. Deva like that, like that, Hulaina, on the bank of Jamuna Yamasvasu, Yamasvasu. Tam, Tam. Tam. River, jamuna. River, jamuna. River Jamuna, Samushita, Samushita, Samushita. passed on. Passed on. Anupa uh, The son of Anupagava, Pagava Udava Nisha Nisham, Nisham, Nisham the night, the night. The night. Tataha Tatham, thereafter, thereafter. Agat, Agat, went Agat went away, went away. Translation purport by his Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. the Prabhupada. Yeah, yeah. Shri Devri Goswami said, O King, after thus discussing with Vidura the transcendental name, fame, qualities, etc., on the bank of the Jamuna Uddhava was overwhelmed with great affliction. He passed the night as if it were a moment, and thereafter he went away. Please repeat. Shukadeva Goswami said, Shukadeva oh Goswami said, O King, after thus discussing with Vidura, the transcendental name, fame, qualities, etc., on the bank of the Jumuna, Vidura was overwhelmed with great affliction. He passed the night as if it were a moment, he had passed in the night as he was. And thereafter he went away. And thereafter he went away. The word here the word used here for Krishna is Vishnu morati Both Uddhava and Vidura were in great affliction because of Lord Krishna's departure. And the more they discussed the transcendental name, fame and qualities of the Lord, the more the picture of the Lord became visible to them everywhere. Such visualization of the transcendental form of the Lord is neither imaginary, neither false nor imaginary, but is factual absolute truth. When the Lord is perceived as Vishnu Murti. It is not that He loses His personality or transcendental form, but He becomes visible in the same form everywhere. Shri <inaudible> viti saha vidvorena vishvam oratir kunakataya kataya flavi toru tapaha shunami va shunami-va-pulane-yamas-va-sustam anu pagavayur nisham kato gat Goswami said, O King, after thus discussing with Vidura, the transcendental name, fame, qualities, etc., on the bank of the Jamuna, Uddhava was overwhelmed with great affliction. He passed the night as if for a moment, and thereafter he went away. Namo Vishnu Praya Krishna Prasadhya Buddha Shri Mate Bhakti Vidanta Tanamane Namaste Saraswati Deve Gorapani Pricharane Nirvi Shesha Shinuvadi Paskatyade Sitarane Take special note of the word Vishra Murti. Generally we think of Viśvra-mūrti as the universal form. But here it's the form of Krishna that one can see everywhere. Or as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Sarabhuttistamatmanam, Sarabhutani Chatmani, Ikshite Yoga Yuktatma, Samatra Samadarshna. Yomam Sarvam tasyam na napranashiti. The true yogi observes me in all beings and also sees everything in me. Indeed, the self-relaved soul can see me, the same Supreme Lord, everywhere. And for one who sees me everywhere and who can see everything in me, then I am never lost to him, nor is he ever lost to me. That's the perfection of Krishna consciousness to always be conscious of Krishna. And to become conscious of Krishna means to see things simply as they actually are. And to become conscious of Krishna in that way, we have the process of sadhana bhakti. And all the rules and regulations have said, sadhatam, uh, the smarata-vyat-sadhatam-viṣṇora, vismartha jatunathin she. Sara, vidi nisev eti Yora, eva But all the rules and regulations are to help us always remember Krishna and never to forget Him. And all the other rules and regulations they are either the, the, the nishetas and the vidis, that the vidis are what we're supposed to do, nishetas are what we're not supposed to do, they're simply assistance to help us always remember Krishna and never to forget Him. Because at the beginning we don't necessarily feel love for Krishna in the sense that one would normally think of love. And therefore one has to have some intellectual development so that we understand things properly. Even if we don't experience things properly, experience means with our transcendental senses and mind, at least with intelligence, spiritual intelligence, We should understand things properly, because if we understand things properly, then we can understand what to do properly, in order to experience things properly. If we start from the other platform, we try to feel reality without using our developing Transcendental Intelligence, we'll feel something, but it'll be just more or less the product of the Three Modes in in Mutual Nature. That we're imagining is something spiritual. But for a conditioned soul whose mind is wandering everywhere, even fixing his mind upon Krishna in that way is a kind of liberation. Just like Kansa was able to see Krishna everywhere. So and so, Prasuti and Sutti, his two wives. Kangs was seeing Krishna so much everywhere that when his two wives approached him, he thought they were Krishna and Balaram. And he took out his sword to kill him. He said, Now Krishna Balaram, you're dead. He said, Wait a second, Kangs. We're your wives, we're not Krishna Balaram. He said, Oh I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> difficult difficult night, you know, everyone has a bad day. <laughs> He was absorbed in Krishna consciousness because he was also in anxiety, so he didn't even get the fruit of fixing his mind. He was absorbed in fear. But still, generally speaking, even some artificially tries to fix their mind upon Krishna by, without using their transcendental intelligence to go through find the process of actual sadhana bhakti. Still there's a kind of relief from material misery. But it's not spiritual; it's simply the abs- some absence of material misery. Therefore, one has to develop spiritual experience by spiritual intelligence. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, "Evam buddhe samstavyatmanam mahavaho kamarupam Durasada. Knowing oneself to be transcendental to the material senses, mind, and intelligence one should control the lower self by the higher and thus by spiritual strength conquer this sensational enemy known as lust. So Krishna has already explained that superior to all matter is the mind, is the senses, superior to the senses and the mind, superior to the mind is the intelligence, and the soul is even superior to the intelligence. So the soul can use his intelligence to try to think about Krishna in some way. And when the intelligence is utilized in that way, then one will be able to think about Krishna. And the first way is thinking about Krishna is that one should utilize one's energies in Krishna's service, and one should try to understand how everyone and everything is related to Krishna, and how to act appropriately. Then one can develop what is called jnana-chakshush, seeing through the eyes of scripture. To understand that although we may not directly perceive that in everyone's heart there is a soul, and that there is a super-soul, but we can perceive by the three modes of material nature, for instance, what kind of influence the soul is under, how the Supreme God is giving remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness, One can see through the scriptures, so many things that are going on in relation to Krishna. How Krishna is supplying the juice of life to all the vegetables through the moon, how he sets the planets in orbit. So Krishna is giving us a vision in Bhagavad Gita by which we can understand, even if we don't directly see Krishna, we can understand how Krishna is present. Just like the presence of the soul can be perceived by consciousness. We're aware of the fact that we exist. Someone denies that they exist. You don't have to take them very seriously. If someone says, I definitely don't exist, well, that's good. Then we don't have to worry about them because they don't exist. (laughs) But generally speaking, people feel their own presence. (laughs) <laughs> so to not deny their own existence is rather, you know, unfortunate to them. And we know we, we our presence is also felt with consciousness. That's why we're aware of things like our hand and other parts of our body. And we're also aware of other people out there doing things. So we have consciousness, and through our consciousness we have awareness. Therefore, the presence of the soul is perceived through consciousness, and through awareness. Just like we may not directly perceive the sun, but when the, even before the sun comes up, when we see that there is sunlight, we understand the presence of the sun. When the sunlight comes up, we don't say, well, it's not the sun, it's my next door neighbor who just got up. <laughs> no one will accept that seriously, if everything gets lit up, we know by experience is because the sun is there, although we don't directly perceive the sun. So if we we perceive consciousness, then we know the soul is there. And when the soul leaves the body, then the body doesn't exhibit consciousness anymore, and therefore we say the body is dead, but actually what we mean is that soul has left the body, because the body was always dead. It's not that the body died. That means that at one time it was alive. But the, the body never alive, is always dead, is the soul that makes it appear to be alive. And when the soul leaves, then it, we, obviously we see what the body actually is, simply dull matter. Similarly, although we may not directly perceive the Supreme Personality of Godhead, how can anyone deny His existence after exhibiting, after examining the material world? Otherwise, how can the sun rise at a certain time, and the sun set at a certain time. Therefore in Bhagavad Gita Krishna suggests that we perceive him by, for instance, tasting water and understanding that Krishna supplied the taste in the water if there is a taste in the water, at least pure water in order to quench our thirst. It would be very unfortunate if we, had, we were always thirsty and there was nothing to quench the thirst. They say everything has just come about by accident, but it's a perfect accident. (laughs) With all their intelligence they can't even create even part of the accident. So the scientists claim it's all an accident, but they're busily studying the accident to try and figure out how they can make an accident like that too. They say it's an accident, Then, if it's an accident, then why do they work so hard to get their Ph.D. degree? Why not stay at home and by accident they, they can get it also? Why do they work hard to get money? If by everything's happening by accident, why not just stay at home and maybe by accident you'll become rich? So they claim the universe is accidental, but in their own lives they don't take anything for granted. If they want to get something, they use their intelligence to get it. If they want to create something, they use their intelligence to create it. But when they see a far superior creation, beyond their imagination, then out of envy they just say it's by accident. Because they can't do it. It's called the sour grapes theory. Fox, is jumping, he sees some grapes on the vineyard, but it's beyond his reach. He's jumping, jumping, jumping he can't get the grapes, rate, so he declares, oh, they must be sour. <laughs> because he can't get them, they must be sour. If he can get them, they were very sweet. So because the scientists, they can't duplicate the wonderful creation, they say, oh, it's just by accident. So they just envious, that's all. But for a devotee, then how the material universe is, is manifested is becomes simple. It seems rather obvious, for instance, how the body is changing, but we're not changing. But for the materialists, it's almost impossible for the materialists to understand it. Something so simple, Prabhupada said, it'll take them 500 years to understand reincarnation. For them, it's almost impossible to understand that there could be a person behind the creation. Because they think it's unfair. How could such a how can there be a person so great that no one can compete against him? So powerful. So better to de- deny his existence and pretend he wasn't. He's not there. And then maybe by development of our scientific method, one day we can become powerful too and defeat him. So this is all imagination. Because even great scientists, so-called great scientists, probably said, "Where did they get their brain from? They weren't in the womb of their mother by some scientific method creating their brain. It was all being created by the natural nature. And if they were so intelligent, why don't they create another brain like themselves? And therefore, when they leave, they can." Have another brain just like themselves. But they can't create anything except for a lot of (laughs) talk. Because, probably say they can do something, they can create an atomic bomb and kill everyone, (laughs) or create so called medicine to cure everyone, and then everyone paying a lot of money to so called becoming cure and then pay more money to become cured from the medicine that they took to get cured. <laughs> <laughs> so the scientists can put on a, so, you know, a so-called show of being very important. They've given us things like computers, and telephones, and televisions, and things like that, but they haven't really solved the actual problems of life namely old age, disease, and death, or even the three told miseries. We can watch television and see how people are suffering in other countries, as if that's going to make us happy. That's going to solve our miseries. We, When we see other people suffering, we think, well, I'm suffering, but not as bad as they are, so I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, we wanted to become A little bit more conscious of what's going on, the process is bhakti. Then we can see how Krishna is the Supreme Person, how we are eternal souls, and then we can become fixed in the understanding that if we become conscious of Krishna, the more and more conscious of Krishna, then our life will become more and more successful. Our spiritual life will become successful. Maybe our material life will become a failure in the eyes of others. We won't have money, we won't even, for some people, we won't even have any hair. We'll lose everything. <laughs> we'll lose our clothes, our status, our hair, our money, everything. And therefore, people will think, oh, these are people are very pitiful. Every time you ask them a question, they say, Hare Krishna. <laughs> they've lost their brains, they've lost their mind. All they can do is Hare Krishna, that's all they can think about. They have not, no intelligence to think of anything else. <laughs> Just aimlessly, endlessly repeating this month, this Hare Krishna mantra, because otherwise when they stop, they start to think, and they don't know what to do with their thoughts. So, oh my God, i thinking, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna. <laughs> So they may think like that. These people are utterly materially useless failures, have no status in society, even they're afraid when they go out, they disguise themselves as normal people, they don't want to be seen as freaks with bed sheets on. (laughs) But the fact is, anyone who has material success, what is ultimately the value of it? How long is their material success going to last for One. One second in the life of Brahma is almost a 100,000 year of our years. The second in Brahma's life is nothing. he doesn't really think, oh, such a long second. But for us, it's a 100,000 of our years. That means our whole life that we're living now is only 1,000th of a second of Brahma. And maybe we have a two, you know, two thousandth, two thousandths of a second, one five-hundredth of a second. No, actually, one two-thousandth of a second left, left to live. So it's not a very long time, although we may think it's a long time, and we're going to accomplish so much. And after accomplishing all this, then then we might get a little rock where it says, you know, such and such did this. No one will ever look at the rock, the tombstone. In a hundred years, they'll just pull it up and build a golf course over (laughs) us. (laughs) It'll all be forgotten. You have people who are struggling so hard to get this temporary name and fame which is all forgotten, and the actual development of our consciousness so that we can realize our eternal nature, our eternal relationship with Krishna, people are thinking that this is not very valuable. But here, we're reading about Vidura, Maitreya, and Uddhava, because that's what they were doing. They weren't running for the you know, king president of their particular country, or trying to get a good job, or whatever. They were all dropouts. But they dropped into Krishna consciousness. They were discussing Krishna's name, form, quality, and pastimes. And by doing that, they were able to see things in relation to Krishna. It's not that everything they, everywhere they looked to changed. Instead of seeing the floor, they saw this gigantic figure of Krishna. But they never stopped remembering Krishna wherever they looked. And they saw that all this energy, wherever they were looking, is all Krishna's energy. Not that they suddenly started to hallucinate and saw Krishna everywhere and couldn't see anything, they kept bumping into the trees. But they remembered Krishna without any succession because they understood how everyone and everything was related to Krishna. And Krishna's transcendental form, name, quality and pastimes, they're all in nature of transcendental bliss, and therefore they took great pleasure in doing it. And of course, here it mentions that they felt afflicted, but that kind of afflicted affliction is quite ha- pleasurable. Seems only a greater and greater longing to be with Krishna, which brings Krishna even closer and closer, and therefore one feels more and more transcendental pleasure. The more one feels separation from Krishna, the more one becomes conscious of Krishna. Therefore, even Krishna Himself comes here to feel separation from Himself, because that He knows that that's the highest happiness. So it's not Krishna comes here to suffer. Some people they say, oh, He's enjoying so much from the spiritual world just to get a little taste of suffering. He comes here. No one voluntarily suffers. If that was the case, that we could just build a nice big fan in the middle of the building of this room here and invite everyone here and pay, ask them to pay 100 euros to put their hand in the, fa- in the, in the fan so they can suffer. <laughs> wow, it's only 100 euros and I can suffer so much. Fantastic. <laughs> what a bargain. <sighs> ah, ah, fantastic. <laughs> no one is paying for suffering. Everyone is paying to get free from suffering. So, if Krishna Himself comes here to feels separation from Himself, we can understand it must be the highest happiness. Otherwise, why would Krishna go through so much trouble just to feel separation? And this is the perfection that Uddhava and Vidura had obtained, and this is our perfection too. We may not get any recognition for it. People may criticize us for not helping to strengthen the economy, for being not, you know, daring to defy the social norms of the society. People may criticize us, but at the end of the story, they'll simply have to leave and take another body, go on criticizing other people. And if we become conscious of Krishna, then at least we'll get another, another opportunity to become more conscious of Krishna, and that's all that's going on in the spiritual world. Everything is becoming more and more conscious of Krishna, and because Krishna is the nature of absolute pleasure and happiness and love, therefore that means that people are becoming more and more conscious of an ever-growing feelings of love and appreciation for Krishna's endless qualities and activities and relationships. So that's all the nature of transcendental pleasure. So I don't think anyone can blame if they enter into that realm. Mm-hmm. So I'll stop there. Thank you. Any questions? Yes. May I please ask, um, Your Holiness talked about spiritual intelligence, how can one develop spiritual intelligence? By reading Bhagavad Gita, Natural Devotion, all these books, Bhagavad Gita gives us the basic background, Shemad <coughs> Bhagavad gives us the example of how to apply spiritual intelligence in so many different circumstances, in so many different audiences. And Chaitanya Chardamrita is the perfection of spiritual intelligence. Nectar devotion. How to develop spiritual intelligence and never lose it. How to keep it growing all the time. Alright, intelligence is lost when we start looking around the material world to try to figure out what, what or who to enjoy here. Immediately, uh, lust develops, and as soon as lust is there, then greed and anger, and delusion will soon follow, followed by bewild- loss of memory, and then bewilderment of the intelligence, loss of intelligence. Best way of developing intelligence: fix the mind on Krishna, and give up the idea that we're going to control and enjoy the material nature.
1: Anything else?
0: Yes. How should we understand that the name, the glories, the past of the Lord are the same with Him? chant Hare Krishna and listen to the sound vibration. <laughs> First get absorbed in the name. If we don't become absorbed in the name then there's no question of understanding the form or quality or activities. So chant Hare Krishna in a, attentively and then try to chant happily. And then if Krishna is pleased, he'll, he'll be able to experience his presence in his name, and we'll understand that he's there. Unless Krishna reveals himself, then we won't ex- understand how Krishna is not different from his name. It's up to him. But unless we chant according to the prescribed method, then why will Krishna reveal himself? We have to learn the prescribed method of chanting, and well, we, we do it more and more expertly, then Krishna will reveal himself, and we'll experience Krishna within his name. Yes. yesterday David you spoke about enthusiasm sometimes we feel for example how can I say tired or uh, overhand for, the, for a period and we take like a leave, for example a period for, I mean one day for uh, a recovery this is a lot of enthusiasm because I think like if I continue like this my service will be damaged what do you mean by time. recovery? what are do you doing to your recovery? For example, uh, I had a period I couldn't sleep better. I, to go I say, okay, one day I have at least to recover, you know, no, that's because that's just the body, or the mind, whatever. It's not that the car is running on empty, you say, well, this is not spiritual, we have to keep on pushing the pedal to the metal. <laughs> I have to do what's necessary. It's not that because we're not the body, we're going to run into the ground. It's Christians' bodies, we have to take care of it. And if we know what to do to take care of it, we should do it. All right. Thank you very much.